0: Is impossible, but certain things are highly improbable. Don't think I'll meet your kind again. again. Not in this life, right How Hello,
1: everybody. Grab a seat, make yourself at home, as you should when you are a guest in Bradley's house. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the Noel Family Foundation's Executive Director and our host, Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm doing really great, Jared. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> okay. I'm not a, sure what that means, but Okay. I, I don't know either, but I hear a lot of people say it. and They always seem like they're in a good mood when they're doing it. So I've never I'm, heard anyone say that. So I, you need to get out more, Kelly. Uh,
2: clearly, yes. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's a thing, right? Like, all right. That, like if I like if I told you like, hey, you know, I, I heard that you're like the queen of up dog.
2: I have no idea what that means. Is it good? Is it bad?
1: What do you mean? That's and then when you say uh, what's up, dog, and then I'm like, shit, what's up with you, dog? Right. <laughs> oh my God.
2: Yeah, I definitely need to get out more.
1: <laughs> yeah, Seriously. It's a Callie. buffalo thing.
2: Is it a buffalo thing?
1: No, it's not. It's not. Okay. It's a, you need to get out more thing. All right. Callie. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. We gotta get this, we gotta get this COVID over with. We yes. are, uh, we're coming off of an awesome episode. Um, Vana was just an incredible guest. She told Love her so many great stories and, uh, just uh, uh, amazing how she has come up to where she is right now and I think people are really enjoying this episode already as we record it's only been out for a day but I've already gotten a couple messages have you been catching any uh, any feedback have you had a chance to hit social media yet
2: absolutely people love hearing her she's got such a great just beautiful vibe and energy and I really think people are always drawn to that and that comes out in this in this episode and so I've heard from several people who said that they just absolutely loved hearing her and and just kind of see more what she's about you know a lot of times you hear different artists you know their music but you don't really get to know them as a person and so I think people really got a little, little peek into what a beautiful human being on is.
1: I feel bad because honestly the podcast was great it was one of our better interviews but like the 25 minutes before we hit the record button <laughs> has probably has probably been uh, you know some of the some of the most fun that I've had in, in doing the it was podcast. So it I'm was sure- I'm sure we will be having her back um soon.
2: Yeah. Jen Armstrong, our social media director sent me a message and was saying how great, you know, the episode was and how much she loved hearing about it. And I told her that, you know, the first half hour before we were laughing so hard that it was really difficult not to laugh throughout the episode because I had the whole giggle thing going on. But yeah, is a lot of fun. She's a great, great human being.
1: She was a lot of fun. And, I've been having a lot of fun, and I think the listeners have been having a lot of fun hearing about some of these up-and-coming musicians who have been influenced by not only Sublime, but just kind of that entire uh, Southern California reggae sound. And once again today, you've lined up another incredible guest, an awesome up-and-coming band that also has been influenced by that sound. Kelly, who's hanging out with us in Bradley's house today?
2: Today, we have an up-and-coming Orange County band that I've been following on Instagram. They've got an awesome sound, super great people. I'm really excited to have with us Caitlin Allen and Eddie Garcia from Plastic Culture. Guys, welcome.
3: Welcome. Hey, thank Thank you guys for having us.
4: Thank you so much for having us.
2: I'm so glad we could make this work. Now, you guys are local, right, in Orange County. Where did you guys grow up?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna let Eddie take that one first. <laughs> okay. Well, um I funny enough for me, I don't live too far from Long Beach. I uh grew up here in Lakewood and then oh. to a little city, um, hell on earth called Hawaiian Gardens. <laughs> 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 but Caitlin, she's uh she's been a lot more other places so here, I'll let her tell you that.
4: Yeah, I kind of, um, I was born in, uh, Los Angeles, but I, I grew up in like Whittier, Pico Rivera, Anaheim, Garden Grove. That's where we last stayed, but we were moving around everywhere.
2: Okay. So you're a SoCal girl too. Boy, it's so, so cool that you guys are local. And so then when did you both start playing music?
4: Um, for me, it's always been in my family. Like my brother is a guitarist and he's in a band. My aunt, you know, she was, um, really good friends with Frank Sinatra and, um, she used to play like the clarinet and I guess, I don't know, I guess it's wow. there. Yeah. It was pretty cool. There's like a photo of my aunt and Frank Sinatra, like holding hands at his, uh, Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. At his mom's funeral. So I was like, oh, I want that photo. Oh,
2: <laughs> that's cool.
4: <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's always been in my family. I've been singing since I was like, five years old but um i guess like seriously as a teenager because my like i said we've always been really musical and we used to play like this kind of funny this old game called sing star as a family and like rock band as a family and i guess that's oh, yeah. it really really started for me as when i started to notice um i had a voice that i can maybe do something with
2: awesome how about you eddie
3: um i honest same thing like as a teenager but i was the first um Like, I didn't have it in my family. I was the first to start playing music. And I was just growing up listening to everything they had on K-Rock as a kid (laughs) back in the day. And I was, like, loving it. So all of that kind of really inspired me to want to start playing. That's awesome. And then how did you two meet?
4: Oh, that was a funny story. That was a real funny story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was kind of crazy. I was in a cover band because I just love music, you know. And um, I was still doing my project, but I was in this band and it was with older people, older dudes. And, um, he came along because we were looking for a guitarist and my, uh, drummer hit him up on Craigslist. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he came through. I really liked what he was doing. I thought he sounded great. And, um, I just told him about my project, what I'm doing and he was down for it. We jammed and it just, it clicked from there.
3: That's a really funny story. Actually, when they contacted me, I came over with all my stuff and I forgot all my cables. <laughs> <laughs>
4: really impressed me i was like this guy
3: needed my band yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) he just needed a
3: roadie right from the start (laughs) yeah right um i think at the time it was like either 2015 i think right 2015 i was going to school at um long beach and um i was just i was actually gonna stop playing music i've been doing it for a few years prior but like it's hard um finding people that are like as dedicated as as, um, I was trying to be and like trying to do it in, on that serious level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just honestly going to start focusing on more of my like, um, school career. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it one more shot. And I put up a Craigslist ad and I heard from her drummer at the time and basically just went over and that's how we met.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. So you guys have been playing together for about what six years now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell me about some of your musical inspirations. Well, of course, Sublime. <laughs> Naturally, love to hear that. Of course, um,
4: as he said, you know, we we grew up listening to K Rock, and uh, as you know, Sublime was like always on K Rock. Yeah, and it, it's funny because doing time really reminds me of driving to school and mm. just to that song. You know, just good memories. But that's one of my favorite uh, bands' biggest influence, not just because of the music that he did, that he created his own genre, but just because he did music that he liked and he loved he didn't copy somebody he wasn't like oh i want to be just like this guy so i'm going to do this he just did what he wanted to do and that's kind of how yeah. i look at it and i i just that was one of my biggest influences but you know sublime there's uh god red hot chili peppers slightly stupid um the doors jefferson airplane black sabbath
3: yeah I mean it's really america there's so really many wide, like. yeah
4: I love seventies sixties uh fifties and nineties music those are my
2: that's my It's where my heart is
3: definitely
2: that's awesome how about you eddie
3: um for me it's it's gonna be pretty because like early on, <laughs> I was a kid and my mom she like grew up in the sixties, so she loved everything from the sixties and I was exposed to that early on, and my first recollection of anything music related was um the monkeys yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know right that's <laughs> a, that's funny i was a little kid and um, i would have watched the video and i was like oh that's really cool you know like because it's very 60s right but yeah like the
2: beginning of the show they would be pushing the dude in the bed down the street right wasn't that yeah. the monkeys <laughs> totally remember that brad and i used watch to watch the-, the monkeys
3: yeah no it, it's um it's pretty cool but honestly it it started me off from there as a little little boy, and then um my sister, my older sister, like, made me a mixtape, and I always usually go by grades because I really can't remember like my age. but, yeah. I think around third grade, she made me a mixtape, that's how old it is. and it was ah,
2: like, mixtapes
3: right? <laughs> <laughs> and it had like everything from like sublime to corn to white zombie. Wow! Static X, basically all the stuff that was popular at that time that K-Rock was playing Yeah, and um, that kind of really just kickstarted me. I was like, man, I really dig this. So at that time, K-Rock to me was like the coolest thing ever because they were playing so much diverse
4: music. amazing
3: music, yeah. you know? That was the
4: cool thing about that, the 90s just had such amazing music. There was just so much that you could listen to that was different from each other. I just, I loved that.
3: Yeah. yeah. And pretty much, I think, somewhere after, like, 2003, I kind of stopped listening to it because I really didn't like what they were playing. I don't know. And um, I, I kind of dove my, myself a little more into, like, older heavy metal. And then um, basically just kept going further and further back, like, seeing who those people were influenced by. And then I kind of round up around, like, the 70s and the 60s, being as, like, my favorite decades. But really diverse and i try to take as much as like everything as we could because there's a lot of stuff in the 80s that we like too you know everything there's like so much good music and like there's so many like influential artists that
1: it's hard hard to to name them all yeah sure we're we're talking about the 80s here right yeah okay i was just checking all right
2: there was good music in the 80s hush jared there's a (laughs) lot of good music in the 80s That was that was my time growing up, and that was good music. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) So, so now six years down the road, you guys are starting to get some radio airplay. What's that like?
4: Yeah, that was awesome. Um, kind of surreal, but um, that was really really great. Uh, we luckily got in contact with the boss lady, uh, Lisa Warden, and luckily she liked the song and and is airing it. You know, and she's continuing to air it, so that's really cool. We're also trying to get um constant rotation on KLOS so that's in the works
3: (laughs) it's been a long 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 time I don't mean to cut you off I'm sorry Kelly it's been a long process like years in the making
4: oh yeah you know just getting the right people to record with and the right person to record your songs and the right person to mix and master you know it was just a kind of a mission to find it all
3: and then like shopping it around too
4: yeah that's also a mission when you're a DIY band and you don't have like a label or a manager or somebody in the business like, hey, you need to check these guys out, check these guys out. And it's just you. It's a little bit harder to maneuver and get your way around. But somehow we're doing it.
3: <laughs> it's very honestly inspired by like Bradley because like, it is, yeah, very. Much. I know that he was very DIY early on as well. And they were pushing all that stuff themselves. We do the same thing. It's just in a different time now. So like with social media yeah. it makes it a little different.
2: Yeah. So what advice would you guys give to up and coming bands that are trying to do it on their own, just like you did? Like, what were some of the key things that you think really made a difference for you?
4: Um, just continuing to push it and not stop, you know, just nonstop uh, shopping it around and sending it to people. Cause even if you get ignored, whatever, there is going to be somebody like it happened that will listen and will actually give you a chance.
3: I think networking is a big thing. And then also like trying to have the best ear that you can. And what I mean by that is like knowing more or less what sounds good and what doesn't and trying to put your best foot forward all the time. Like, you know, getting solid, like radio professional recordings, Mm -hmm. mix and mastered engineering. And like, um, again, networking, like meeting with the right people, like you want to work hard, but you also want to work smart.
1: Yeah. For well, sure. I think it's a. I think it's amazing that you guys have been able to build the following that you've had, um, and have the opportunity to get radio airplay without having uh, a manager or a record label or somebody beating down the doors. It just it shows how hard you guys have have worked for it. And I just saw that you guys was it like a COVID relief type concert that you guys were just a part of.
4: Yeah, yeah, um, and thank you for that. And yes, we were thank part you, Jer- of a COVID relief um telethon, it was with uh, like a bunch of all stars, like you know, Jag Black and War, and
3: um, um, well, David Arquette, he's not really a musician, but well, he, no, just a bunch of yeah.
4: actors and musicians, Paul like,
3: Stanley, if you like, kiss,
4: yeah, came together to. Come for this, so Nancy that, Hart. That was really great. Wait,
3: that's her last name.
2: No, Nancy Wilson.
4: <laughs> Wilson, <laughs> Nancy Hart. That's but we all person. know who you met. We Nancy knew exactly <laughs> Nancy Hart.
3: Yeah. yeah, no, it's um, it was cool that opened. So uh Valley Culture Foundation opened that door for us. Yeah. Um, when uh, we said like we were networking, what pretty much I used to work at a machine shop a few years ago, and then I lost my job because of COVID, but um. We, we would listen to like Caleb West late night and there was this guy called Frazier Smith, this comedian, and he would talk about the Valley Culture Foundation and be like, Hey, well, you know, then it's a great startup. Um, and they help out all kinds of emerging artists and whatnot. And they help you like open the doors for all kinds of other things. So we just submitted our stuff like we did with a bunch of other organizations. And thankfully we heard back from them and we got involved with them. So like we did a battle of the bands with them and. We won and they hooked us up with Rock Seller Magazine to do the telethon. Yeah. That's awesome. So, what are some of the challenges that you guys have
2: faced being not only a new band, but, you know, on the young side? What are some of the the obstacles that you've come up against?
3: You know, we we talk about like all the accomplishments, right? But it's also been what people don't see. It's a lot of like rejection and just like having to work around that. We've, um, like she said, we don't have a manager, so we've honestly – it's its kind of our, our attitude has changed in the sense where, like, we're more determined now than ever because, like, we've had some, like, feedback from other people in the industry. Some of it positive and some of it not so positive, but um, it's made us more determined to make it happen on our own. Kind of that real old-school punk rock attitude, like, that fuck you, like, we're going to do this one way or another, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah. love that
4: yeah i think the most difficult thing honestly is just having to play your manager as well as being an artist because it's not like we don't just have to worry about creating music and and playing it you know and and performing i also have to worry about booking the gigs getting how much money we're getting for this gig and you know talking to all these people so i have to play the manager so does he that's probably the most difficult part you know but it's also worth it
3: it's rewarding like when when something does pull through and like we're able to do something with it so I'm not going to complain. And it does feel better because we're like making it happen ourselves. Yeah. But it really came from this attitude of like, we just felt like, especially Caitlin, I got to give it all up to her because I got mad respect for her, but she had a vision. She believed in her vision and she stuck by it. We had people like telling us, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. This is what's hot right now. You got to do that. And this." And we just, we weren't feeling it, you know, we're like, this is what we believe from what we've been seeing, you know, before, prior to the pandemic, we were noticing a lot of bands from the 90s and even new up-and-coming acts, even if you don't like them, kind of like of Van Fleet, I don't really care for them, but um, they kind of brought a resurgence back in rock. And some of those bands that I was mentioning, like from the 90s, were releasing music in 2019 prior to. The pandemic and all of that was shooting at number one whenever they were releasing songs so i was like you know we got a feeling because it's been a while since we've heard any rock that's like made us super excited to get back into the genre and we saw everything that was going on so we're like that's cool like we feel like this is our moment to really like hop on it so we worked our asses off i mean everything you could think of from like linkedin to nam any opportunity we that we got to network with people where we knew we could talk to somebody. We took it and we ran with it.
1: Yeah. In such an early, and I mean, I guess you guys have been playing together for, for a few years now, but it really seems like, um, you know, with you guys getting the radio play and winning the contest and getting on the COVID relief concert, uh, you've had a lot of a big things happen for you here recently. What was a moment where you guys realized like, Okay, we're we're starting to arrive. Did you guys? Was it hearing yourselves on the radio? Was it winning that battle of the bands? Was it something that we haven't heard about yet?
4: Yeah, I think it might have been the radio. The radio, and even it's still kind of
1: doesn't it hasn't really hit, hit us, but us. too
4: much. But I think the radio because my phone was blowing up and his phone was blowing up. My sister was like, "Oh, I, I screamed when I heard it," and all these people <laughs> were like, "Oh my god!" You know, I can't believe it. So that was that was fun. But um, have you guys ever seen the movie uh? <laughs> What is it called?
1: Um, um that the one with that Tom Hays. Yeah. It's exactly the moment I was thinking about, like that thing you <laughs> do, do which that. is which is an amazing movie, and that's Okay I was funny seen you said that. that.
0: Oh yeah, girl, you
1: gotta watch
4: yeah, it. That's my childhood movie. Okay. I that also you know, also wanna be in a band, that movie.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, since you, you brought that up and you are, you know, you, you played in that COVID relief concert and your big moment was that thing that you do type moment. Yeah. Um all all of those songs in that thing that you do are actually done by the Fountains of Wayne, um, which is the band that does Stacey's mom. And, oh, I
2: didn't know that. And,
1: and the fountains of Wayne, uh, their lead singer passed away from COVID very early in the pandemic. Um, oh, and they wow. were from, they were from Wayne, New Jersey. So, um, it's kind of weird how that all, that all links together. But yeah, all of the, it's Tom Hanks is the manager of a band of a bunch of young misfits that get together. But yeah, the, uh, the actual vocal trackings and music is done by the fountains of Wayne. And, uh, and he, he unfortunately lost his life during COVID to COVID.
4: Oh, that's why. Wow. I have no idea. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been
3: really weird for us. It's been horrible and, and, and good because of things like that. We've known people that passed away from it, unfortunately, yeah. as well. And, um, wow. it's, um, it's really been an awkward situation for us because, like you said, like, honestly, after the radio airplay, it kind of helped launch a lot of things even quicker for us because we took that and ran with it. Um, we were big on getting endorsements just because, like, whenever you can get equipment, it's awesome that helps <laughs> yeah like you know how as uh, a yeah. freaking guitars amplifiers it's everything expensive. it's expensive so like we as she said we play our own managers and we find artist relations people and we'll contact them and like like hey plastic culture you know la's hottest new band just got played on Alt 98.7 blah 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 you know and so on and show them what we're doing and that's that's been a, a big help but that's also weird because covid is like kind of not allowed allowed us to really take it all in because if covid wasn't a thing we would have been in la with jack black
4: nancy wilson nancy
3: wilson Alyssa milano yeah. paul stanley we would have been networking with these people in in, in, in a, real
2: time in real time oh wow
3: Shopped their stuff even better like yeah but we still we take what we get from everything and we make the most of it yeah and
4: thankful you know for yeah all the stuff that we're receiving
2: Sure. So it's been a shift. Obviously, you can't be touring, can't be doing sh- live shows, but you do online stuff. And what other, what other things have you guys done to keep busy during COVID?
4: That's exactly what we did. We were actually going to go on a tour before COVID hit to Japan, and we were going to hit uh what was it, twenty different territories? Yeah, oh. 20 different territories. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know so it's crazy, we were right? Really excited. Oh man. We couldn't believe it. We were like, oh, man. And then, you know, obviously COVID hit, so we couldn't do that. So we just completely shifted all online and made it our goal to really rise and and gain a big following to make it seem impressive. Like that was our main focus the entire year, which it was, you know, we were just playing a bunch of live streams, doing interviews, putting out a bunch of content, like music videos and just online content.
3: Yeah, we shifted our focus from rather than doing like more live shows, we we went to that because we had a plan prior to COVID. i think like everybody does you know yeah of course. and um we were like okay well we got these songs professionally recorded we got an engineer um thankfully with caitlin she helped us get uh frank griner who um co co-engineered rob zombies i think biggest record ever uh
4: how billy, deluxe. how billy
3: deluxe which had you know like dracula and all that stuff and he worked on our stuff and he would give us advice as well like this is what you guys need to do you know that guy has been awesome to us. People like that, I, I love because we, there, there's people in the industry that will definitely try to take advantage of you
4: or just take money from you. Yeah. Won't do
1: anything. And like, there's other people that, oh, no, not out there in Hollywood. That doesn't <laughs> happen.
2: They're all so nice with great intentions. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. Now they're all up to get you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, he, he's been really, really nice and, um, him and a couple of other people have kind of, like, guided us and told us, like, okay, well, you know, you guys are on the right path, but you need to do this, this, and that. And we we see it. We see it from, like, somebody that actually is interested and cares about what you guys are doing, as opposed to other people that are like, oh, well, you know, you give me this amount of money and we'll do this for you. You know? Really yeah, no. slimy. Slime Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
1: okay, so... You guys are out there. You're, you're moving and shaking. You're shucking and jiving. You're, you're shaking all the trees to make this thing happen for yourself. Something that in my time of being a business owner that was real important to me was having a good and also receiving a good, what is called an elevator pitch. Are you guys familiar with what that is? No. No. All right. So an elevator pitch is you're in the big office building and you hop on the elevator and you've got the CEO right there next to you. And you've got that elevator ride. You've got that ride on that elevator to give him your pitch. We've got thousands of listeners that download Bradley's House each week. Give our listeners your elevator pitch, your quick two-minute pitch of why they should check out Plastic Culture.
4: Uh, I think it's simple. It's just – it's. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but it's good music that I think that hasn't really been shown since like, I don't even know how long, like 10 couple years now. Um, It's just we do what we feel is good. Like we just we do whatever we feel is right for the song, you know, so we we try to put out music that is um, something that fans rock fans haven't heard in a while and something that they desperately want, like something that resembles the nineties music and the sixties music and the seventies music and all that because 80s. of, okay. Eighties.
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About that. I'm sorry. And I don't mean, thanks to- for throwing that in. Um, uh, for my me. benefit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're going to love this Kelly. Me and me and her always fight about it. Cause like hey, oh, God. I,
1: I do like stuff from the eighties.
4: I like some stuff from me.
1: Like what? Let's all right. Let's break this down. What, what, do you, what are we, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about like spandex, hairspray? Like <laughs> no, what, yeah. are we, what, what kind of '80s stuff are we are we talking about? I like I like
3: a lot. Well, she showed me this. I like a lot of the '80s reggae, yeah. and I like a lot of the '80s heavy metal, but not this, not the glam metal. I'm talking about like Metallica and that type of stuff. Okay, the classics.
1: Yeah. Yes. Is that make sense? What do you,
2: Kelly? Metallica being a classic.
1: I know. <laughs> Kelly, what do you think of now? What are your What are your '80s? What are your '80s hits? Are we oh, talking what? like Yes and the the and like. But no, we- my
2: my eighties were all over the place. I mean, everything.
1: No, Hey, <laughs> Kelly, a higher love. What are we? What are we talking about here?
3: <laughs> no. You know what song loves? You what? spin me round. And- oh
2: my gosh, dead or alive. Okay, mm-hmm. I did love that. I wanted his hair. Pete Burns had the greatest hair <laughs> ever. I can't tell you how many years I tried to get my hair long and curly like that. And now it's short and straight, but um no, I mean, I was all over the place, everything from Depeche mode to wham. I have talked about how I remember exactly where I was when wham broke up, Um, but just, just, and everything in between Um, really pretty much everything except country and metal. I listened to, but um, you know, all the K rock music definitely grew up listening to K rock and, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, my, my personal, um, sentimental attachment to that music, but the eighties music will always be the best music for me. But, um, I love your elevator pitch, Caitlin. I really do. I think that's a great way to kind of synthesize it down to no
4: you know, too
2: arrogant. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about self-promotion. You have to, I think, really be willing to put yourself out there and promote yourself. And, and, you know, when someone's asking what it is that makes you guys, different or why they should listen you have to sound a little arrogant
3: i think you're right you know? you're absolutely right kelly and if you don't and we don't we're, we're always like so iffy about that but it depends yeah,
4: cause i like to be yeah because like, like we want to
3: be humble but yeah. you're yeah. right if especially when you're speaking to people in the business or people of some like importance in there they will talk you down if you don't believe in yourself right you're absolutely right,
2: right. You stand and up. if if you don't believe in yourself why should they exactly yeah yeah yeah. No, I get it. I struggle with that. Um, self promotion is a very difficult thing for me. So I, I'm constantly telling myself, Oh, I need to get on social media and post about the podcast and post about the foundation. And I hardly ever do, but it's just because it, it feels weird. But you know, really, I mean, there's so much out there now that people have to choose from. There's so much noise. And so you really have to have a compelling reason why you should stand out amongst all that noise. Me too. I have
1: a tough time with it. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but my disc golf podcast is number three in Malaysia.
2: So. <laughs> no, it's number one in Malaysia.
1: Wanted to throw that out there. Oh yeah, we, we was... might we might we might be number one in Malaysia, number three in like uh, <laughs> I don't remember where Luxembourg. Yeah.
2: I'm pretty sure you're number one in Malaysia, which I found a very impressive stat for a disc golf podcast. But yeah, Jarrett <laughs> Jarrett just does this for fun. His real job is a disc golf podcast. Which, oh. Yeah, he's all over. Very interesting. He's super big in Malaysia.
1: So yeah, there you go. What can I say? I'm over in Malaysia. So what I'm saying is, is I could probably drop plastic culture and get you guys blown up in, in Malaysia as well. That's there all you I'm
2: go. About. Well, okay. clearly you have contacts in Japan. How did a tour in Japan come about?
4: That actually happened due to us hooking up with a guy named Mark S. Berry. Um he
3: well that was a, a funny little interesting story. Do you want to tell him a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, you know, that it was a okay, you could. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
3: laughs> okay. All right. Well, um as 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 we said before, you know, we just network and sometimes one person can open the door to some other people in the business. And she was uh speaking to an A and R rep at the time that Universal. she found yeah, for Universal Music on Facebook. And um everything seemed all right and and, and cool for a moment, but it wasn't until um, we started sending in our songs, and he was sending them back completely different. And we were like, "Hey, this isn't what we're trying to do," you know. Um, he was turning us into something that we felt like we weren't really trying to be. So
4: yeah, just a poppy type of thing, which I'm not. I'm not really into pop music, and wasn't trying mm-hmm. to
3: do. Yeah. So he um, got us in- introduced to Frank Grinder who did all the Rob Zombie stuff. And even like for World Wrestling Federation at the time, he did a bunch of different things. But um, Frank Greiner also introduced us to Mark Berry. So it, it's been like one kind of long lineage of people that we got connected with. And we decided, well, okay, we don't really care for the guy that we got introduced to first. So we kind of just dropped we them.
4: kind of phased them out. <laughs> yeah,
3: because he, he we felt like, and I think we were correct because, I mean, now we're on the radio, obviously. Some of his ideas weren't really meshing with what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So we just got rid of them. But um through them, we got uh, Mark Berry hooked us up with a distribution deal from Sony early on and he basically was like, you know, you guys have a great sign, I think you guys have a bright future.
4: He told us we would uh sound or do pretty good in Japan. Like we would get a uh, while well, receive over there and see how we would do over there and then see what we could do over here. Maybe hit the colleges, he said. I think do a tour. Yeah, he was going to try to
3: have us do the like college tours and stuff. Yeah. And um, we were like, well, okay, yeah. He's like, you basically got to pay for your own expenses, but if you guys get out there, I could, I can get you guys, I can get you on a tour. We're like, okay, great. And it was funny, right when we were starting to do that, COVID hit.
2: Oh my gosh. Terrible timing.
3: Right? Real terrible timing.
2: Oh, wow. What a bummer. So are you guys hoping to, make all that happen once covid's over or are you looking to go in a different
3: direction
4: you know we're hoping but uh we haven't really talked to
3: mark yeah we haven't actually
4: (laughs) in a long time um since all that went down but and we just kind of took it into our own hands and, and started doing everything ourselves but yeah i mean i think absolutely we would love to do that again and i know the venues were ready to go so i don't know
3: I, I think we might not. Honestly, we're just going to focus more on the US. And it was weird because when we were first told about it, we were excited, but then we're like, damn, we got to go all the way to the other side of the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a long <laughs> yeah, way, right? We don't like know Japanese culture or like we don't know Japanese. <laughs> and, um, we just, we were kind of like nervous. So we're just like, you know, we're over here and we're doing it over here. Why? I mean, let's just focus on this now because, yeah. um, it is kind of like a travel hazard and then like, we have like we we also take care of our like family and stuff so like not like kids but like i i take i'm a caretaker for my mom because she has alzheimer's but oh wow yeah it makes it kind of difficult for some things but um honestly i think our our focus right now is to try to like hop on something as an opening act maybe like cali roots or another festival that's like near here in california or in california
4: or like uh we're just trying to get on, like, a tour with a bigger band. That's yeah. Where, that's, like, the main thing. Because
3: we have, like, we have confidence in what we're doing. And we believe that we got on that level of, like, some type. Just all we need is, like, somebody to give us an opportunity. Yeah. We take what we get and we run yeah. with it. Yeah.
4: And luckily, we, you know, we were talking to some people. And luckily, we're going to have a meeting with somebody that used to be in uh, radio.
3: Oh, well. yeah. wish uh, should mention Mark Wallingreen. Mark
4: Wallingreen. That's his name. He's a great guy.
3: Valley Culture nice. opened um opened the door to Mark Walling who He was um a radio host for like thirty five years on uh KOST. Yeah, Coast. Yeah, Coast. Yeah. And he digs our sound as well and we we're supposed to have a meeting with him sometime this week, but um he just barely got back from Arizona. So we're just figuring out with all like our scheduling and stuff. Yeah. Um basically like like we said, every opportunity that we get we try to make the most of it and see where it could take us.
4: Yeah.
1: Now, awesome. you guys, you guys are dating, correct? Yes. Yes, we're dating. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I, we're friends on
2: Facebook.
1: <laughs> we're friends on Facebook. So it's not, Listen, I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Okay? <laughs> okay. Now, um, I don't know how bad you guys want this, but I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham broke up with Stevie Nicks. She wrote a fucking killer album. Uh, <laughs> oh Tony, God. Tony broke up with Gwen and she crushed it no doubt blew up oh my gosh you better not be going where i think you're going i'm I'm just listen i'm throwing it out there if you don't like it send it back but it's just (laughs) something that you guys might want to think about anna
2: anna can you mute him really quick
1: (laughs) i can do you want
2: me to (laughs) but let's keep in mind i'm also engaged to him so (laughs) this is so awkward this is Am I really wrong? awkward. <laughs> Am I wrong here?
1: I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, Jarrett. No, no. So,
1: if uh, for those who are listening that maybe aren't familiar with plastic culture, and we know that uh, attention spans are short today, um, if they're going to go look you guys up on YouTube, what song should they be looking up? What's, what's the banger? What's the plastic culture song that you would put in front of somebody to, to catch their attention?
4: Depends on the mood, but want to hear some 60s sounding stuff, I'd say Power of Love.
3: If you want to hear more of a 90s reggae vibe inspired by Sublime, So Much Stress.
4: And If you want to hear a harder rock feel for like 70s harder rock, I'd say Dying
1: Alive.
3: Yeah, we um, <laughs> we, we tried up <laughs> that answer. I love that you that guys is. were able
1: to rip off three. To, uh, that was perfect. That was. <laughs> okay, yep. wait.
2: So I know about Power of Love and I know about So Much Stress. What was the third one you said?
4: Uh, it's called Dying Alive.
2: Dying alive, okay. And who writes your music?
3: We do. We do. Nice. No, we don't. We yeah. don't really have ghost writers or anything. No. I don't in that no. <laughs> um, you know, going back to what Jared's saying, it's funny enough because he's right. I mean, out don't of- Don't tra- ever tell Jared he's right. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Trust me, I don't need you to tell me. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> I'm never gonna live it down. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Daddy. I apologize.
3: <laughs> we we got some like freaking funny funny stories from over the years before. We started dating, and um, and then after we started dating, but um, we we just try to like, I think we've matured together even better a- as a unit. And uh, obviously, every couple has like fights every now and then, but we're to a point where like we can get over that type of stuff and focus on the bigger picture. Like, because we we want to like we want to better lives for ourselves, and we also want to like do a lot of humanitarian work, and we also want to like. Take care of our families.
4: Yes, we're very, very actually passionate about that. Um,
3: and we wanted to come back to what you were saying earlier about how you don't I know it's difficult to, to self promote, but honestly, like I think you guys
4: what you're doing is amazing. Yeah.
3: I mean like it 'cause when you think about it, like freaking drugs and whatnot have taken so many amazing people away from us.
4: Yeah, like countless people though. And it's really, really unfortunate that it's been yeah. people that have been taken away from us because of drugs like that and what you're doing and what you're trying to do with bradley's house i just i i think that's amazing and we just we're all about that we want to do something we want to open up something later on for like because we we don't the homeless that has always bothered us since yeah. our children. i love yeah. it and i hate seeing animals out on the street or abused or anything so we want to open up stuff like that just for people and and animals and we kind of look up to you and what you're doing with uh, bradley's house
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. I think you guys got, go ahead.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, they could, uh, in the meantime, while you're doing that, um, the sidewalk project right there. Um, we had, uh, Ooh. Soma and Stacy on and, uh, they're always looking for people to come out and, you know, they do music at their events. I don't know if you've had a, an opportunity to hear that episode back in the archives for anyone who's listening. You can find us on the archives at YouTube at Bradley's house or catch us on iTunes. Cheap plug there. Um, but, um, <laughs>
2: That was episode yeah. six. That would be a yeah. great fit for you
1: guys. Yeah. Yep. Episode six. And they, they spoke a lot about getting out there and, and helping the unhomed and, and harm reduction and just really being on the streets and, and helping out the people that are less fortunate right now. And, um, I think that that would be a, a cool project that you guys could, could definitely help out. In.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
4: We love,
2: love. that. Yeah. We, that's would, amazing. we, we would absolutely we love that. We didn't hear that. Okay. I will totally connect you with them after the episode. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to say what I w- was going to say before Jared jumped in was just that you guys definitely have good heads on your shoulders and really are approaching your music, not just as an art, but also as a business, which I think is so essential and you know, focusing on networking and, and promoting and that kind of thing that really makes a huge difference, but still staying true to your sound, which I know can be difficult at times too. So I just want to commend you for that. I think that's very impressive that you've been able to do that. Can I ask how old you guys are?
4: Thank you so much, and absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I am 26.
3: I'm 29. Nice.
2: <laughs> I'm very impressed.
4: Who so said I'm
3: 29?
2: Twenty nine. Well, I'm 50. And Jared, how old are you? 14. Shut up. How old are you?
1: Oh no, I'm 37. I thought you meant how old do I act sometimes. Yeah,
2: well, that I know. No, I just, I just think for not just your age, but you know, for everything that you're doing, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. So I'm really proud of you. So power of love. That's the song that's getting airplay right now, right? It
4: is Yes. And thank you so much for that.
2: Kim. Absolutely. And then so much stress is the one that you said is inspired by sublime and has that old school 90s SoCal reggae sound. I also happen to notice that Quinn Carson played the trombone on that. Uh, yes, yeah. I love Quinn,
4: He actually said to say hi to you.
2: <laughs> I love him. He's the greatest. When I saw that I'm like, "Oh, I know him. I know him." Yeah, he's great. He's played with several different bands that I've seen and he's just such a cool guy. I I just and he pops up everywhere. I swear I can't go like 2 months without seeing Quinn Carson pop up on, on you know playing with somebody. So, he's yeah. doing a phenomenal job. He's so talented.
4: He is. Yeah, he's so talented. We love uh, playing with him. We love yeah. what he does for the horns and he's actually the guy that it's
2: on our he, he recorded
4: the horns for us on so much dress yeah
2: yeah that's how i saw it i think i must have been looking at the youtube video i think and i looked in the the description and i think you guys had listed all the musicians that played in there and that's when i saw it i'm pretty sure that's what it was yeah so how did you connect with him that was also craigslist yeah craigslist. <laughs> um, you're it- kidding no, yeah, seriously. Yeah.
4: I put up an ad, and I don't remember what asking for, but I think like I was explaining what we're doing and what we're recording for, and all this, and he hit me up and was like, "Hey, I, I do trombone. I would love to." And we just—that's how we met. <laughs> that's.
1: awesome. I think like you guys <laughs> need to write a song called Craigslist. It's has been a big part of this band.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I right, we really should because we got some interesting stories, and in that—but that's a whole another. We have a whole another podcast alone. Okay? <laughs> Yeah, the some Craig's shit list goes down stories. on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get all kinds of freaking uh, interesting characters. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think that's a good name for a podcast: the shit that goes down on Craigslist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> trademarked. It's our. I just trademarked it, yeah, so don't even guess... don't try it, guys. That's my darn. I, I, yeah.
2: Oh, I'm intrigued. What is the song "Dying Alive" about?
4: Um. So that was written when I was uh, 18, and I was working at um, Disneyland. And,
2: uh, what did you do at Disneyland?
4: Uh, nothing impressive at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was 18. Um, I did custodial. So, yeah, I was, oh, Okay.
2: Amazing. I was in the very Merry Christmas parade in 1987, I think 88, something like that.
4: I got told <laughs> constantly to be a, um, what do they call I forgot what they, what do they call the princesses? A face character or something? I was told, yeah, oh, do that, do that. But, um, I didn't really, yeah, and no, I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm planning <laughs> to stay here. A long time,
2: you know, <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry. So, you're working at Disneyland,
4: yeah. I was working at Disneyland, and it's kind of funny you mentioned that my sister used to work there too. Both of my sisters, my oldest one, who's like 18 years older than me, she worked there on Main Street. Wow, in the 90s, yeah. But, um, anyways, that's not here or there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I was working there and I didn't really like it. I was kind of really unhappy just because I don't really like the way they treat their employees, you know, yeah, it's brutal, yeah, they don't, it's treat- the
1: happiest place on earth.
2: No, I'm not. Not behind the scenes. <laughs> I mean, we love you, Disneyland. Support Bradley's house. <laughs> Sorry.
1: I so spent anyway. 5000 in churros there. So they yeah. could, if they want to a- give that back.
2: It's easy to do.
4: But yeah, so I just I wasn't really happy just doing that. And I wanted to do music, you know, and uh, that song is kind of just talking about not wanting to do what you hate and wanting to do what you love for a living and kind of feeling like Mm. you're dying and you're not really living, but you're alive, but you don't really feel it.
2: Mm. All right, I'm gonna go listen to that after we're done. I love that title. That's really great.
4: Thank you. So where do you get your
2: inspiration from for your songwriting? Just anything?
4: Um. Yeah, honestly, God, there's like, he said that we have so much, Uh, we're we're inspired by so many people, but when we write, I'm either feeling a mood or, or I want to tell a story. Normally, that's when I want to
3: yeah, write a song.
4: I usually want to tell a story or explain to you how I feel because I'm not the only one feeling like this. There's normally a whole bunch of other people that feel like this, you know?
2: <laughs> mm, absolutely. That's so true. As we talk about that a lot on the podcast that, you know, we're, there's so many things that we all have in common struggles that we all share and sometimes we're afraid to talk about them because we think we're the only one that's dealing with it but once we do start mentioning it then all of a sudden we realize oh my gosh this is a universal issue
4: exactly yeah i remember you know doing so much stress in the beginning like just playing at like nobody bars and stuff and people would come up to me and it was just me and, like a older guitarist at that time before i found this guy because we didn't have anybody <laughs> us and uh, this guy <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm so nervous every time she says older. I, I, I'm scared <laughs> oh no, he was young. He's 34. <laughs> the guy's practically done. <laughs>
3: my my guy, dad, the guy before me.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> a guitarist. That's from back way back when. You know, uh-huh. um, songs. But people would come up to me after like so much stress, and they would say like, "Oh my god, like what you're saying in that song is exactly how I feel." And mm. for so long, that was really cool to hear that because it's like, oh sweet, like when I sought out to do is, is happening,
2: (laughs) you know, that has gotta be so validating.
4: It was, it really was. Yeah.
2: That's cool. Well, I think you guys are on the right track. Definitely keep it up and we're going to close the show with so much stress, which I think is a super appropriate choice since it was sublime inspired and has that whole sound. But, um, we really appreciate you guys coming on with us. I think Jared has another question for you. Don't you want to ask that question that uh, you course. ask everybody nobody
1: Jerry? nobody gets away without answering um you guys have listened. you're already prepared I, I like to catch people off guard with this so you guys know how it goes um if you came across somebody who had never heard the band sublime you told them that they were an influence of yours and they were going to give you an opportunity to play one sublime song for them to really kind of catch them and make them a fan of the band what song would you play
3: does it have to be an original, or can it be one of their covers?
1: It can be anything that Brad's touched. If it, it, you you gotta you gotta catch me, so you play something, and if I like it, I'm gonna be a Sublime fan, and, and if I don't, I'm, I'm not.
3: Smoke two joints. Nice. I like his take on it. Yeah, It's a good interpretation yeah. of
1: it. It's, it's an amazing song. Here's the thing: it's a kind of a trick question because there's really no wrong answer. Yeah. Any Sublime <laughs> song, I'm gonna love, and I'm gonna become a fan. So, um, <laughs> what what about you, Caitlin?
4: God, oh, there's so many. It's like, well, <laughs> damn, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, You're on the
1: spot, Jared.
4: Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, here. Hold on. I'm gonna say this one because I don't think anybody said this one yet. Okay. Do in time, Uptown Dub.
3: Oh, Uptown Dub.
2: Okay. You can like specific. it. specific, Very
0: nice.
3: You might I like have it. Something really quick before we close. Absolutely. Sorry about that. Um, for Caitlin, she gets this a lot, but she's really not even influenced. Um. <laughs> No, seriously, I I think we got to tell them because I I think she a lot of times wants to set the record straight, but she gets a lot that, oh, you sound like Gwen, you know, and I think it's really a false comparison because I think what it is is just lazy. There's not a a lot of women that are doing this, Mm -hmm. but honestly, her main inspiration for doing any of this was Bradley Noel of Sublime. Wow. So it I, means, I do
4: get compared to, when we do get compared, we get compared to Sublime and No Doubt all the time for so much stress.
3: But it means a lot. <laughs> it's not such sad. a
2: bad thing.
4: Yeah. And also we love No Doubt, you know, No Doubt's great. But sure. Yeah. It's just constantly hearing it. No, but yeah. just like, I don't, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I think people are always trying to make a connection between something they're familiar with and comfortable with and something new you know, so I think it's, it's definitely a compliment and I can see from, you know, listening to your music, how people could make that connection for sure, but you definitely give it your own spin and have your own style and, and I'm looking forward to to hearing more from you guys. I think you're really going to grow and develop and, and I, I'm expecting good things from you guys.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Don't forget about us when you guys make it big. Yeah. Now, we all of our... For all of our <laughs> listeners, they want to check you guys out. Where can they follow you? Where can they find you? You've got YouTube, social medias, websites, anything you guys want to plug? Take this time to talk to the listeners and let them know how to keep up with you.
4: Wait, here's our shameless plug time. Let's do it! Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you could go to our website, at
3: PlasticCultureOfficial.com.
4: Mm-hmm. Our YouTube is Plastic Culture Official. Also, mm-hmm. um, Instagram Plastic Culture. Just one C all together. Um, Our Facebook's a little bit longer, so I'll just leave that one out. You don't need to go to the Facebook. But all those other ones, (laughs) (laughs) you should go to.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. You guys have a great sound. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to hearing more from you. I'm going to go listen to Dying Alive right after this. But we will end the show with so much stress. Thank you guys so much for being on the show with us today.
4: Thank you so much, Kelly and Jarrett. We had a great time. Thank Thank you. you, Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Yes, and Anna. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, Kelly, just as we expected, Plastic Culture did not disappoint. Caitlin and Eddie were a lot of fun and uh, an amazing story. I love hearing about people that are out there grinding, and I like how they describe themselves as a a DIY band, kind of a do-it-yourself. They're out there doing it themselves, and they're making it. They're on the radio. They're playing big shows, and now they're a guest on Bradley's House.
2: They are. You know, they're hustling, and I appreciate that. They're working hard. They're not just sitting waiting for success to come to them. And I, I respect that so much. So they were a lot of fun to talk with and I look forward to, to keeping in touch with them for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm certainly going to be keeping a close eye on them. Guys, make sure you check them out. Uh, Plastic Culture, they put out all of their information. Uh, support support young artists that are coming up and that are trying to yes. make it. That's what Bradley's House is about, is, is helping out young musicians that have been in trouble. But uh, let's also help out young musicians that are just trying to get their name out there. Check them mm-hmm. out, give them a share. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. And uh, Kelly, I had a lot of fun with you. But unfortunately, it is that time once again. Guys, thank you so much for joining us joining us check us out on social media you can find the noel family foundation everywhere you can go ahead and visit the bradley's house group on facebook guys you don't necessarily have to go home but it's time to leave bradley's house